It's that time of year. It, it is that time of year. Grizzlies basketball is back. This is the Sports Ethos Grizzlies podcast. It's David and Isaac. Candace is uh, out partying it up tonight. I don't know what she's doing, really. <laughs> she, she, she's not available to record with us. She's out having a good time, I'm sure. But we get to celebrate Memphis Grizzlies win, first preseason game of the year, 107 or 106 to 102. We we don't know what's going on there. We had a I my my notification said one oh six, one oh two, Isaac said one oh six, one oh two, and uh now everywhere else is saying one oh seven. So there was an adjustment somewhere. But it, it's a win. And you know, yes, it's preseason, but it, it's it's impressive with the guy, you know, the starting lineup for the Memphis Grizzlies, Kennedy Chandler, Zaire Williams, Brandon Clark, Santi Aldama, John Conchar. That's your starting five. The starting five for the Bucks: Drew Holiday, Grayson Allen, Brooke Lopez, Bobby Portis, and Jordan Wara. Four out of those five guys are going to be rotation players, and and honestly, Lopez and Drew and and probably Portis are are going to be well. I don't know. Portis is coming off of the bench, but but you're looking at three starters, three real starters for the Bucks, and this is essentially a bench lineup with the possibility of Aldama being the starting four heading into the season. So a lot of things to be happy about, Isaac. Let, let's let's start off w- with your biggest takeaway. What was the biggest thing that you liked about this game? First off, just what you said, I think super impressive because once it was announced earlier, I saw, I think, from a Bucks beat writer that Grizzlies was basically sitting, sitting their entire rotation pretty much outside of, of Brandon Clark and Aldama's going to be a guy that's probably – going to be in a rotation to start the year with Jerry Jackson Jr. out. But pretty much, these are rookies, young guys that the Grizz were playing. And you saw the Bucks; they were playing all pretty much all their guys outside of Giannis and Chris Milton. So you think, man, this is probably going to be a tough game. But preseason is not all about winners and losses. You're just trying to see development, especially the Grizzlies have a lot of guys that they're trying to develop, um, a lot of young guys, bringing in five rookies. So you want to see these guys play. You want to see things that they need to work on. You want to see them what they do well. Uh, so that was kind of what I was looking at, at going into the game. I wasn't really expecting to win, man. I'm pleasantly surprised. Um, looked like it was going to get away from them uh, there in the second half. Grizzlies kind of stuck hung with them early in the second second quarter, uh, late second quarter. Bucks kind of pulled away into the third quarter, and they had a double-digit lead there. But the Grizzlies, as we've seen uh, from, from the regular guys in the regular season, time and time again, man, you can never count these guys out. And I think that is a testament to the culture. I mean, no matter who's on the floor – they're still going to have that same mentality, that attitude, and they really did tonight, man. When it going away, I think eighteen to three run to finish the game uh, to end up winning it one hundred seven or one hundred six uh, to one hundred two, man. I think it's just super, super impressive again, man. Because you look down and, and you name the, their rotation guys that they're playing. You look at it: uh, Lopez, fifteen minutes. You got Portis played twenty. Uh, Drew Holiday played fifteen minutes. Uh, Grayson Allen, eighteen minutes. Abaka, fifteen minutes. I mean, they they played their guys a significant amount of time at different points of this game, and Grizz is willing to play their guys. They walked out of five-third form with a win, man. So I think that's really impressive. Yeah, 100%, man. Let's run through. Um, let's just, you know, bite it up one one player at a time. And I'll let you pick, man. Who, who do you want to start with? And, and we'll just kind of give them a, a grade or, like, review what we thought, what they done, the, their performance in this game tonight. You want to start? Uh, yeah. With, I was going to say, I'm going to start with a guy that I think – it's on everybody's mind at Grizz Nation right now that everybody's excited about. And it's actually, they bring in five rookies, but he's the undrafted guy. 
uh, Kenneth Lawson Jr. Jr. is. He said he likes to be called, man. Uh, another big night from him. And I talked about it. I've, I've been a big fan of his going all the way back to La Tech. Uh, so I, I felt pretty good about him when they picked him up as undrafted free agent, going to Summer League, and you see he kind of plays really well there. Um, and that continued again tonight. And I'm just going to say this. When you look at the rookies, he's he's on a two-way contract, so you expect him to spend some time down in South Haven. But if you had to ask me right now of this group of five guys just projecting forward two, three, four, five years down the line, if you had to ask me right now which one of these guys – has the most potential to be like a more than a role player, like a plus level player, something north of a role player, I would say Kenneth Lawson Jr. And, and that's weird because, again, he's the guy that went undrafted. I think a lot of GMs are going to be kicking themselves because I really do think this guy can play. I think right now, I think on the offensive end for sure, I think you could put him in the rotation and I think he gets buckets. I think defensively it's going to be the question, but even defensively, I think, he's better than a lot of people give him credit for. He, he has some physical limitations because of height and, and foot speed, even though he can move quickly on I mean, the lateral quickness, defense is a little bit different than get up and down the floor. But he has some physical limitations there. He's going to give up height to some bigger guys, but he's smart. I mean, he takes great angles. He knows how to play the game, and he uses his size and strength to kind of get guys to, to rush their shots. You see it a lot when he's guarding guys. He's giving up height, but he's able to stop them from, from scoring at the rim. They'll quit shooting, and they'll miss it. And I think that's just a testament to him being smart and his strength. And he, he's just a good, smart basketball player, man. I, I just don't see any way that he doesn't at, at least end up being a, a rotation player. Uh, but I think he's going to go north of that. But uh, another big night of that, sorry to get on a rant about it, but another big night for him tonight. 17 points, four rebounds, three assists, a steal, uh, six of eight from the field, uh, did one of two from three, uh, four or five for the free throw line, did a really good job of getting to the free throw line there late in the fourth quarter, which – the entire team did, man. And he went on a and one streak there that really helped him get back in his game, man. And I'm just super impressed with him and excited about him and excited to see him up at FedEx Forum, excited to see him down in South Haven. Um, I, I just think another steal from King Climbing and company, man, to get him undrafted, man. I just think it's crazy. And I think he's gonna be a I think he's gonna be a player for this team going forward. You know what? On on media day, he was getting asked some pretty tough questions up there and We'll get kind of your thoughts a little bit on media day because Candace and I recorded an episode. There was a ton to unpack from that. So you were not able to be with us. So there's some things I'm going to ask you regarding that, but he looked good. He looked really, really good at media day. And by good, I mean like physical shape. Yeah. You know, I forgot to like mention that. Already, you know, you said it at the beginning of the game, it looked yeah. like he, he has toned up some and you know, he, he's, he's putting in work and that's one of the things he's like, you know, it doesn't matter. I'm, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to give you buckets. Like he said that on, on media day that regardless of, of where he was at, like, you know, he, he grew up playing the guard position and then his coach is like, I need somebody to play like the four or five. And he's like, okay, I'll do it. And he got in there and he's like, you know, I, I had moves, I had post moves, like, you know, I'm playing backyard ball, all that stuff. And, and he just learned how to use his body to his advantage and it's translating for him. Zach Kleiman was high on him talking about him in media day and saying how, you know, that they're all about getting good basketball players. And Kenneth, Kenneth Lofton is that high basketball IQ. You could see there was uh, one, one play specifically tonight uh, where it was a give and go uh, Chandler gave him the ball and he was high post Chandler just like basically ran right down the right side of the, the paint 
and Lofton hit him in stride with a bounce yeah. pass and easy layup for Chandler. And so it's not just uh, he can get the ball in the post and bully people and get buckets. He's smart. If they double team him, you know, Super he high, knows yeah. how to find his teammates and, and the effort. You know, you mentioned him on the defensive end. Are there going to be questions defensively? 100%. There, there are going to be things. There are going to be times when he's outmatched. But basketball IQ a lot of times will overcome that. And I would rather have somebody that is maybe undersized with a higher basketball IQ as compared to somebody that has the size and the physicality that doesn't have the basketball IQ. And Grizzlies fans will know this guy, so I'm going to mention him, Hassan Whiteside is a guy that came through this organization that has the size and the physical (laughs) tools, but his basketball IQ is below his shoe size. Like, he he gets out of place defensively a lot. He takes plays off. There's no effort on the defensive end, and because of his size and wingspan, he's still able at times to protect the rim because he has that. Lofton doesn't have that, so he has to use that basketball IQ. He has to be in the right place. And he, he's doing a pretty good job so far of doing that. So the, the next guy that I want to talk about here, we're, we're just going to bounce it back and forth. Um, let, let's go to Santi, Santi Aldama. There was a lot of stuff, and, and I'm going to throw, before we get to his performance tonight, um, well, I'll tell you, 13 points, seven rebounds, four assists, a steal, two blocks. Uh, he was six of 13 from the field. He made a three, didn't get uh, didn't get to the free throw line. That's not a big deal. Still, he had the uh, the best plus minus on the team. He was taking care of business, doing what he needed to do. What I want to hear from you is at media day, almost every single person at that podium was gassing up Santi Aldama and talking yeah. about how happy we're going to be, like the, as the media, how happy he's going to make the fans and the growth that they expect to see from Aldama going into this season. What were your thoughts on that? And then what are your thoughts on his performance tonight? Man, when, when I heard from, from a man to a band, like you said, pretty much every guy that stepped, stepped up to the podium from, and you talk about uh, Taylor Jenkins and everyone as well, all, all mentioned Santi Aldama. Um, and at that point, I meant, I thought he must be kicking ass in workouts because um, every, everybody – was saying is that I think he stayed here uh, over the summer and worked out. I think that was really good for his development. Um, and I, I think they're going to need him to be good because if you – nobody's going to replace Jared. But if you look at this roster, skill set-wise, he's not going to do what Jared does on the defensive end, obviously. But he's a guy that, that only got 6'10", 6'11", has that size uh, that's kind of that Jared brings. He's the bigger guy of this group of guys that you kind of put in the basket to kind of try to replace Jared while he's out. But he's also a guy that can do some things inside, uh, face-up wise. and can also step out to the perimeter, which Jared we know is a big and knock down threes. So if you're going to simulate kind of Jared, he's the obvious guy to kind of fill that role. Uh, and again, man, we've heard great things from him. you. Go back to summer league out in Utah, he really struggled. Uh, but as time went on, they move on to Vegas. He got better and better as summer league went on and was kind of dominating out there in the last few games. Um, and, and, and a really good performance tonight. And I message George early in the game, he just looks different. He looks more confident. Even when he was missing some shots earlier, like you said, one of four from three, he still, if you watched him, his progression from last year and going into the summer league and what you've seen, you could see a difference in him. He seems more confident. Um, and I think that's good to see because, again, they're going to 
need him. I think he's going to have to be the guy to kind of fill that void for a while. And, and a good night tonight, like you said, 13.7 rebounds, four assists, a steal, uh, two blocks, uh, six to 13 for the field. And at the end, I mean, he's just he's making good plays. I like some of the th- things I saw on the defensive end. I think he's improved some there. And again, he just seems more confident in his overall game. Like the shot, when he takes the threes, you can just tell the way he's shooting the basketball that he feels more confident in himself. A lot of times before this development that we've seen, he would rush shots. You see some of the shots, you can just tell that he wasn't super confident in his game. And I, I think that's changed. And again, man, this playing time in the preseason, him getting these starts is just going to be valuable for him. And I think he's probably going to be the guy that ends up starting uh, at that power forward spot over the night. Cause I think, I think they're going to bring Brandon clock off the bench. We, that was, kind of, that was one thing that kind of stood out to me from media day when you heard Zach Kleiman and the guys talking, when he mentioned, replacing Jared, he didn't mention Brandon Clark. I thought that was kind of strange. Um, he mentioned Sonny Aldama, David Roddy, maybe Jake LaRavia, uh, and who, who am I missing? Uh, Xavier Tillman. Uh, those were the guys that he kind of mentioned, didn't mention Brandon Clark in there. So that was kind of strange. So I assumed that that probably meant that Brandon Clark was probably going to remain in his role off the bench. So I expect Aldama to be that guy over the night. And again, man, I was impressed with what I saw from him tonight. Uh, just the confidence is there, and I think that's half the battle i mentioned last year and i can't remember if it was just in conversation with you or if it was actually on one of the shows but i i had said heading into the off season talking about the possibility of losing kyle anderson and tyus jones and possibly both of them um you know it, it's i i thought that aldama could be an upgrade to Kyle Anderson. And so defensively, that's not going to be the case. But on the offensive end, I, I think that that can be the case maybe even as soon as this year because Al- Aldama has the size. He, he's got, you know, 6'10", 6'11". He can rebound and run with the ball because he can handle the ball pretty well. You see his assist numbers from tonight. He's got good vision. He can make the passes. And so while he's not going to have the defensive presence right away that Kyle Anderson had, I think that he can be a better offensive version. And so, you know, it, it's it's just we have to see the progression. We got to watch to figure out what he's going to be. There's definitely still some questions there. But Kyle leaving it is like that's a void this team has to fill. And I think that, you know, after Jaron is healthy, then things shift, things move around, and getting Aldama coming off of the bench against second units could be huge for this team. Yeah, that was one play in particular early in the game. And I think if you're a Grizzlies fan, you have to like that. He got the rebound and pushed the ball all the way up the floor and found a wide open Kennedy Chandler distance to him in the corner. He didn't make the three, but – he set him up really nice, like push the ball up the floor, and you like to see that from a guy that size, and that's the kind of stuff we're talking about because you used to see Kyle do that kind of stuff. Uh, you push the ball up the floor, make passes to the wings, uh, and, and that's something that I think Aldama has in his skill set, and that's something they're going to need from him. And I, I was really, I really liked that when I when I saw that. I think it was early in the first quarter. Um, I wish Kenny could have knocked that down, but those those are the kind of the things that you want to see from him um, outside of the shooting. Just want to see him pushing the ball, handling the basketball, and, and making plays like that. Because, again, I think you look at these guys and we talk about 
basketball IQ, and I think he's another guy. We talked about that with Kenneth Lofton, that I think he has a high basketball IQ. And, and that's the kind of guys that Taylor Jenkins and this coaching staff like. Like most of these guys, you don't really have any any guys on this team that aren't smart, smart basketball players. I mean, if you think about this roster, all of these guys, I think, get the most out of their talent. Uh, and, and again, man, we just need to continue to see that progression. But I thought that was something early in the game that I really liked. All right, man. Who are we going to next? I went with Aldama. You, you led off with uh, with Junior. We we go to Aldama next. Who's who's next on the list for you? Uh, we're gonna go with Zaire Williams, uh, a guy that we were expected a, a big jump from, and a guy I think that they need a big jump from. Um, again, you talk about replacing uh, D'Anthony Melson and, and Kyle Anderson. I think he's another guy that they're gonna need to kind of take another step to kind of help fill that void. And and I mean, in in these type of settings, I think. He's a guy that played a lot of minutes last year, played in the playoffs. So he's not a guy that you really need to see a lot from uh, necessarily in, in a game like this. But, I mean, he, how many minutes did he play tonight? Played 25 minutes at 11 points, uh, five rebounds, two assists, four, 10 from the field, two or three from three, one or two from the free throw line, plus one, again, in those 25 minutes. Uh, but, but one thing that, I again, that you've seen from him is confidence. I mean, you can tell that he's much more confident. Go back to – early in the season where he wasn't confident at all. We talked about that a lot here um, on, on this podcast about him kind of looking at like a deer in headlights and they continue to play him. Um, and, I, and I said at that time that I think in the end, this is going to pay off. And it certainly did. I mean, a guy went from what we saw back in October, November to a guy playing in a high leverage playoff situation against the Warriors getting minutes. Nobody would have thought that getting a year and you saw that and just saw more progression, put him on the ball some in some league. We knew that was kind of going to be the case. And, let him work through some things. Some people criticize them, and I'm like, I mean, they're putting him in uncomfortable positions by design. Like, that's, they're trying to see him kind of work through these things, and I, I think that's going to help him in the long run. He even talked about it at Media Day, uh, said that he wants to improve his own, own, own ball, wants to be on ball more, and I think you're definitely going to see that. He said that's something that you, he thinks he's going to be doing more this season. Uh, and just another game, another game tonight, man, where he played really well. He knocked down a wide open three. I love how confident he stepped into that shot, and again, man, I'm just excited about his production and his progression, but again, he's a guy that's going to be super important to kind of try to fill that void of losing Kyle and Melton. I think I think that's one of the X factors of this team this year. I think they really need him to take a step forward. How big of a step forward? I don't know if you can expect him to have like a Desmond Bain-esque step forward in year two, but I definitely think there's going to be, be some step forward. I think you could already kind of see it in his game that He's more confident and able to do some things like being more confident from shooting from three. I mean, he's one at one point he was just a corner three point shooter, and now he's expanded his game, takes it to the basket with confidence. And I feel like he now feels like he's he doesn't feel like he's the, the rookie, the young guy anymore. He feels like on this team he's one of the, the older guys having those minutes and experience in the playoffs last year. So I think he's going to have a, a really big year. Yeah, I like seeing him get downhill tonight. You know, it, it was you know the, the the box score doesn't, you know, 11 points, five rebounds, two assists. That's, there, there's nothing, you know, spectacular about that. But in these preseason games and through the summer league games, you, you look for positives, right? You, you look for the things that he's been working on because this is not, you know, Zaire, when he's out here playing more often than not, it's not, it's not going to be a Kennedy Chandler, Zaire Williams, yeah. Brandon Clark. Like that's not going to be the lineup that he's playing with. And so tonight he would be when you're you're looking at this starting lineup, he's gonna be the the 
primary one that you're trying to shut down. And on any given night, you're, you're going to have two to three guys that are more of a threat out there than him. So it's, it's great to see. I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing what we are going to have happen with Zaire this year. Like, is it going to be a massive, okay, he's a borderline all-star type leap. Like there's going to be growth. I don't know that it's going to be that high, but what, whatever it is, I'm, I'm confident that it's going to happen. And I'm not setting the bar so high that I'm going to be disappointed because him being more than just that corner three-point guy and him putting in more effort on the defensive end, that's all I want to see from him this year. Yeah, I definitely, definitely think so. Like, again, I don't think it's he's going to have – because, I mean, you just, you're not going to see many guys have the leap that Desmond Bain had from year, to, year one to year two. And I think to put that high of expectations on him, not that he can't do it, but to put those – expectations on him I think is unfair but I do think he's gonna have a big leap because again I just think this coaching staff has instilled a confidence and I mean you could even hear it when he talks like you could tell that he's more confident and that's kind of what I was saying a minute ago that I, I don't feel like you could just tell the way he talks he doesn't feel like he's that young guy anymore I think he's confident it feels like if guys go down he's a guy that can come in and, and be one of the, the leaders of this team uh, if they need him to be um, and, and again that's all you want to see is growth and I, and I definitely think there's a lot of a lot of that there with him. So let's bounce to Kennedy Chandler tonight. Uh, great game from him. Four for six from the field, one for two from three, two for three from the free throw line. He had four rebounds, eight assists, four steals, and 11 points. He was a plus 13 in the uh, overall. Like He was a second best plus minus on the team. And, and I mentioned this during the game. He is extremely disruptive on the defensive end of the floor. We lose a guy in DeAnthony Melton. The Grizzlies lose a guy in DeAnthony Melton. And then you go out and you get Kennedy Chandler in the second uh, second round of the draft. And they mentioned it on the Milwaukee broadcast, you know, the NBA TV broadcast. It was the Milwaukee guys broadcasting. And that they said, you know, he had the highest contract for a second-round pick of any American, American-born player. And I think that he's going to earn that easily because I, I feel like, honestly – Day one, he could play the Anthony Melton minutes and do the same things that Melton done, and some of those things even better. I don't think that you're going to see Chandler have the um, – he may not have the burst that you saw from Melton, you know, like where Melton would go nuclear and just carry the entire team offensively, but I don't feel like he's going to have the lows that Mel had either. So is he the defender that Melton was? That's yet to be seen. He's he's young, but I think that he has the skill set to be in that same conversation. And so while there's, there's obviously a hole there for Melton, they go out and they get a guy on draft night that could, you know, maybe by the end of the year be somebody that you're seeing play rotation minutes because he is that good of a defender. Yeah, I've watched Chandler back from high school here in Memphis to college level at Tennessee and, and now with the Grizzlies. And we were going, when me and you were talking back, during the draft process, when we when we discussed Kenny Chandler, I said one thing that I know that will translate to the NBA level on first and foremost was his defense. And I think through the summer league and, and through this game now, we've seen that. He's a guy, like you said, that could be disruptive on the ball. I mean, he's going to cause havoc and does have a little of that D'Anthony Melton uh, defensive potential in him. Uh, and I think he's a guy that, by design, you're going to see him up here at some point because – we know John Morant, the way he plays, at some point, you hope this is not the case, but you're pretty sure that John, at some point, 
is going to miss time, and he's going to be, at that point, the backup point guard behind Tyus Jones. So he's going to get his opportunity here at some point. I think he's the type of guy that will take that opportunity and run with it. I mean, he works super hard. I mean, that's one thing that I've always known about him. And one thing that you're going to get from him is 110% on both ends of the floor. And I was really impressed by him because he was in, in that run that they made, 18-3 run, their late fourth quarter, man, he was super impressive and run the team, man, made some some great passes uh, during the game. And, I mean, he's confident knocking down that three. That's one thing that I really want to see from him. Because at Tennessee, he wasn't a – he's never been a big-time three-point shooter, but he's capable. Um, so to see him knocking down those threes with confidence, I think that's really good to see. And, again, man, I think trading to get him, uh, to get him where they got him in the second round, because this was a guy that we were discussing at those two picks at the bottom of the first. Um, and they got him, like, in the middle of the second round, moved back in to get him. Um, and I think this is another steal. I mean, we talk about the trade for, for Desmond Bain and even to move back in to get Sonny Aldama. I know a lot of people were kind of down on that, but it looks like he may end up being a player as well. Uh, they just make these trades in the draft, man, and they come up aces uh, pretty much. Every time, man, and I think they got another one here with Kendy Chandler, man. And it's it's always fun. I'm sure it's a dream of his, man, to be able to play in, in your hometown. Um, it's just really good to see a Memphis kid um, on this roster. So going into tonight, man, that's I, that was my number one thing I wanted to see. Uh, I said it was Kendy Chandler's season, and I was I was excited about what I saw tonight, man. I didn't disappoint me at all. Um, I, I just know this kid works hard, and again, man, I think he's going to find himself in a position to get minutes, like I said earlier, some point this season, and I think he's going to take that baton and run with it. Yeah, yeah, that, that's a I, I mentioned during our draft coverage if Tyus Jones were to leave the Grizzlies and the Grizzlies got Kennedy Chandler, I had confidence in him because of his ability to be that floor general at Tennessee. If you go back and you watch the film of him at Tennessee – you know, he, he had three turnovers tonight, which is more than what Tyus Jones is going to have. He's a rookie. You know, there's going to be a learning curve here. There's going to be a speed difference with the defenders. Uh, guys are going to, you know, there's not a lot of film on him right now, but guys are going to be preparing for him. So it's, there, there's going to be some things that are different. There's going to be an adjustment period, but he typically takes care of the ball. And I don't think that, you know, this move up from, you know, from Tennessee going into the NBA, I don't think it's going to be so big that you're going to see him be turnover prone. I think it's just going to be something, you know, he's going to have to learn. So three turnovers, not a huge deal, but when it mattered, just like you said, in, in the fourth quarter when they had to have it, when the plays had to be made, he was able to put the ball where he needed to and get it to the guys in order to get them to get buckets for the Grizzlies to win this game. Uh, there was a play where he was he threw it over the top to Aldama, and you know Aldama was just able to tap it in. Yeah. It, it, it was a little bit deep, but had he thrown that pass any shorter, the defender gets to it. So it like it was a perfectly pay, placed pass for Santi to finish that ball. So a lot, lot of good stuff from him. I was out of everybody that that they got on draft night, I was the most excited about Chandler, and not that yeah, I wasn't. Same here. You know, like. Not that I was not excited about the other guys. Anytime you get rookies, you know, you can be unhappy with, with the route that they took, but you know, you, we're, we're going to support them. We're, we're going to, we, we're going to critique them. We're going to look at them. We're going to say, okay, this is what they're doing wrong. These are some guys that I like better. One of the guys that they played against tonight, Marjan Beauchamp was yeah. on the board whenever they drafted both of these guys. And Throughout the draft process, Bochamp would have been a guy 
that I would have taken over either one of them. Six foot seven, hyper athletic. I, I think you know Zach Kleiman kind of mentioned he he's what well, not kind of he said that their target during the off season was to improve shooting. the shooting on this team, and so Bochamp his shooting numbers with the ignite were not that great. Yeah, he was like in the twenties. So yeah. So, so that's a reason that they're not taking him, and that that's fine. You know, we're we're not the GMs of this team, but that doesn't mean that we can't disagree with them at times. And and you know, we've made it well known where we stood with that. But here we are, we're in the season. We'll go to Laravia now. You, are you good with going to Laravia? I think it was your turn to pick where we're going. But no, let's let's, let's go Gilliard. No, I'm just, I'm just Gilliard, playing, hey, man. Yeah. Hey, from from Richmond, from Rich, Rich what? Yeah, Rich what? <laughs> yeah, man. The Grizzlies only have uh, two. I guess you call it non-system guys uh, on this on this training camp roster. Man, Gilliard and Justin Bean uh, are the two guys they brought in. But yeah, man, with, with Laravia. Um, I'm going to eat a little bit of crow uh, on the radio. I think anybody that follows me or listens to the show, it, it's not never been that I didn't like Jake LaRavia. Like I even had him, I had, I put out a list prior to the draft of 10 guys that I kind of liked in that area. Those two picks the Grizzlies had and Jake LaRavia was number 10 on the list. I just, when it came to LaRavia, what the Grizzlies took, I just didn't feel like when you looked at who was on the board, I didn't feel like they needed to move up to get him. I felt like there were guys on the board. Like I said, I think, Eight, maybe eight of the ten guys outside, other than him, were still on the board when they moved up to get him. Um, and I think when you look at him, you kind of have to view it different because they move up to get him. You give you give up the two picks, and then that force you to have to move up again, move back into the draft to get your other guy, David Roddy, and you give up that the Anthony Melton in the process. I just felt like with who's on the board, there was a lot to kind of do maneuvering to get him. I just didn't feel like there was this theory. But again, man, we're not. The GMs of this team were not Zach Kleiman. Zach Kleiman has done a lot of fanta- fantastic things. So, uh, but again, man, this could be another one. But the knock on him coming in, even going back to, to Wake Forest, uh, his coach Steve Forbes kind of said that he had to implore him time and time again, man, shoot the basketball. You're super talented, man. We need to score, shoot the basketball more. And you go back to Summer League outside of that first game, it was kind of the same thing. It was kind of the same thing here tonight for the first half. But in the second half, man, he really took off in this game, and they do not win this game without his contributions. I mean, he had a big-time second half. He scored all his points. He was scoreless at halftime. It ended up 15 points, two rebounds, two assists. One still did have five turnovers with four of eight from the field, uh, one of four from three, uh, six of eight from the free throw line, uh, plus six in 25 minutes. Um, and again, man, did some good work down the stretch. I saw some good things he did on the defensive end as well, which is okay, kind of a question that you want to see with his lateral quickness, what can he do on a defensive end? Um, I, I don't think he was a liability on that end tonight. And again, was able to get to the free throw line late um, and knock down. I think all six of those free throws might have been in the fourth quarter. Um, and, and again, they, they don't win this game without him. And I was just been wanting to see him do something. Like I was saying, summer league outside that first game, man, just just do something, man. They moved up to get you. You're kind of the head of this draft class. We need to see you. Out there being aggressive, and again, man, the second half tonight, man, he really came out of his shell. So I'm gonna eat a little bit crow on that, man. I was impressed with what I saw from him in the second half because I messaged David early in the game. I was like, man, I, I don't know about about Laravia, man. I just don't know if he's gonna be that guy uh, to justify kind of what they did to get him. But good, really good second half tonight, man. Again, they don't win this game without him, not not even close. So 
I want to I want to back up just a little bit because we were just talking about Zaire and how he went from almost unplayable at the beginning of the season last year to he deserved every single second that he was on the floor during the playoffs. He earned that. So, like, I I just want to encourage you guys to give these guys time. And I, I'm not telling you, like. I, I will be one of the first to say, you know, th- this is an issue. Like I, I'm fine saying like, nobody's going to be perfect. There's going to be things that they need to improve on. But I saw some folks on Twitter calling like bust in the first preseason game of a rookie season of a guy. And that's, it's just, it, it's craziness to me. Like, you know, Isaac just told you that like, he's like, I, I don't know about Laravia early in the game. And then, then it, it, he turned it around in the second half. He had a good second half. And it, it's it's just so many times I feel like fans give up on players. And, and Isaac, I'm not beating up on you because of oh, like, no, the man. conversation, man. It's, this <laughs> is, it's the, the word bust is really what triggered me. I'm like, man, how are you going to say a guy is a bust in game one of the preseason, you know, at media day, Larabia was talking about, uh, you know, I don't remember how the question was worded. Now I've, I've got it on, uh, I've got it recorded. I have to go back and listen to it again, but he was basically asked about being passive in the summer league. And he said, he's like, I came out in that first game and I got my shots up and I felt confident. And so from there, I was trying to be yeah. more of a playmaker. Play, team player, I was yeah. trying to get my teammates involved and so I don't think – I don't know that it's ever been in college. I don't think it is now a confidence thing for him. I, I think it's just kind of – that's who he is. Some guys are just a, like a, a passive, pass-first player. But in his role with this team, you need him not to be that. He needs to be more of the let that mother fly. You know, he, he needs to be that. And that's something – we we saw the struggles of Zaire early last year, and I have confidence in Jenkins and this coaching staff that they're going to get Laravia to the point where he's going to be that guy. When he catches a ball, he doesn't have to look for the next shot because he's got the space. He's going to put it up. Maybe not. You know, it's early. I, I have we have plenty of reason to have confidence in this coaching staff in this front office. But that's not to say we have to follow them blindly. But I, I just want to encourage you guys as fans to try and give these guys some time. Look look at what this team has. And I was talking to Isaac about it. And you look at Ed Conchar and Clark, uh, like all of the rotation guys from last year that are still on this team. And we so we, we have to talk about the Steven Adams extension before we get out of here yeah. tonight. So that, that's something we yeah, will touch on that. We, we could have probably let off with that, but we'll get to that before we leave. But th- this team has seven guys that were part of that rotation that were a healthy John Moran away from beating the Warriors that went on to win the championship. So, yeah, th- there's some there's some minutes there from Melton. Melton was big in that Golden State series. There's some minutes from Kyle that the Grizzlies have to figure out. But you could always see an uptick in minutes. Desmond Bain was at like 29 minutes. You can see that go up into the 30s. You can see Tyus go from 25 to closer to 30. You can see Zaire go from 20 closer to 30. And then the gap that you're losing from those key guys that were in the rotation 
may not actually be there because you have growth from Zaire, you have growth from Bain. You know, it, it's another year of growth from these guys. And, and John ja Morant, you know, there's not a player on this team outside of Danny Green and Steven Adams that is past the point of improvement in their career. So it's I'm excited for this year. You know, we gave win predict uh, win predictions on a previous episode, and you know I'm I'm so hot now. I'm like, okay, this is what they're going to do. So that target is moving for me already. But to, just give these guys a little bit of time. And Isaac, you know, he he kind of done that tonight. But you know, you you guys have heard us. You've heard us. We will be crucial when it comes down to it. If if we have to, you know, point something out about somebody, we're going to do it. We're not shy about it. We've been wrong before. We will be wrong again. But if there's an issue with something, we're going to point it out. And I was, was going to say, and, and to go back to go back to Laravia to say he's a bust. Like I think that's that's craziness for me. My thought was for what they gave up to give him because I kind of tie the two trades together. They're moving up to get him and kind of what they had to do to get David Roddy because though they kind of coincide with each other, I just feel like for them to make that move to get him. And then you you did lose Kyle Anderson and he had to melt in his offseason. He's a guy that you need to be probably this year to, to be productive for you at some point. And to see him kind of in a shell like that, that was kind of concerning to me. Like going forward, you're talking about two, three years down the line, I feel like he could be a player. Again, I had him in my top ten for the Grizzlies at those two spots. I just feel like what they what they had to do to get him, I just feel like you want to see him be a little bit more aggressive. And outside of this that first game and here in the second half tonight, we hadn't really seen that, and I was just imploring him to to be more aggressive, man. So I was glad to see that tonight. Yeah, and I wonder if we're not going to see that. Like after the media day, I thought when we got to this first preseason game that he was going to be in attack mode. Like that's the feel that I got from him. And then we got that first half, and I'm like, man, you know, m- maybe not. And then you know, it comes out in the second half, and and you know. It, Good. If we could see the Jake Laravia that was playing the second half of this game for four quarters, yeah, I had no problem. I, I think you know, yeah, <laughs> we're, we're in good shape. So, um, another rook that had a good night, David Roddy. David Roddy, uh, you know, yeah. five for twelve from the field, two for four from three, six for six from the free throw line. That's my guy. He's my favorite rookie because <laughs> he don't miss free throws. Let's go. Five five rebounds, two steals, eighteen points. He uh, he had he was a plus eight in the box score. Good showing from him. You just overall tonight, because of this matchup, you got to be happy with what you saw. This was oh, absolutely. like basically Zaire Williams and a rookie squad taking on this Milwaukee Bucks team and ended up uh, pulling out the win. So a lot, lot of good stuff tonight, man. Yeah, and I was going to say with Roddy, before the game, man, I was tweeting about him, and I'm super intrigued by him because it's, He's a guy you just don't see a guy at that size with that skill set. I think he's a guy that's going to be able to to guard multiple positions. You look, go back to Colorado State, man, shot 44% from three. And again, me and you talked about this earlier. I don't think he's a guy that projects as just this sharpshooter. I think he'll be definitely capable of knocking down threes and kind of like what we see with DB. He's a guy that can get hot and really knock him down. And then other times he might not be as consistent with him. I think that's kind of what you'll see from Roddy. But he's such a unique prospect. I think he's one of those guys, like, coming out of the draft, like Draymond Green, coming out of Michigan State, nobody really expected 
big things for him. They thought he'd be a guy that could come in and do some things for you, a high, high IQ guy. But nobody expected him to be a key piece on the championship team. I kind of feel like Roddy could sneaky be one of these guys that turns into a really, really good role player, like a plus role player like Draymond Green because skill set is so unique. He can do different things for you. Rebound, he's strong, he can guard multiple positions. He's smart. You've seen some of the passing, uh, makes great passes, can knock down the three if you need him to. I think he's just one of those guys that can come in and make plays for you. And I can really see him, like, really turning into a player because you just don't see a guy at that size that can do and that strength that can do some of the things that he can do. I'm super intrigued. I don't know necessarily if it's going to happen this year. I think he's probably going to see some time down in South Haven. But I really, I really am intrigued and going to be watching his progress closely because I really do think he can develop into a really, really good player on a championship level team because he just does so many things. Like, I don't know if he does anything great, but he does pretty much everything decently. Um, and, and so I, I just think he could be a fantastic role player, one of those guys that just just tough to deal with uh, for, for a lot of different reasons. So I'm, I'm excited about him. And again, man, another, another good night for him tonight, man. So I like what I saw from him again tonight. So the only rookie that I have, and I won't say concerns, but the the Vince Williams Jr. He has struggled. He, yeah, he, he's he a project. He wasn't great in the summer league, and he you know he's one for three from the field tonight. Uh, made one three. He had three points and a steal, and then no other counting stats at all. But. He just kind of – I don't know if it's the speed of the game or if he's trying to figure out his role because he goes from uh, a spot where he was the guy with the ball in his hands. Yeah, I mean, he, he was, was a, a premier piece of the offense. Yeah. And then now he's having to kind of shrink back into a smaller role. And so figuring that out may be why we're seeing kind of these blunders from him. But there was times like – it just looked like he had butter on his hands, man. The ball would hit his hands. He couldn't hold on to it. He made a couple of errant passes. Just um, things from him that you know that he needs to be in South Haven to work on sharpening, you know, okay, let's, let's figure this role out and get it under control. And his role in South Haven is going to be significantly different than what it would be here on the big club. But he's the one out of the five guys that they brought in. He's the one that kind of looks like the biggest project at this point. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. I thought it was interesting that at media day he was the only one of the guys. He flat out said that he was going to be in South Bay. I mean, he knows uh, that's where he's going to be. He said it um, during during his availability. Uh, but I think you, like you said, I, I think you hit the nail on the head at TCU. He was the team. I mean, he had the ball in his head. He was. Big-time score. I mean, him and Kennedy Chandler, when they played Tennessee, had a big-time battle uh, going going back and forth. I mean, he was a guy that was putting up 28, 30 points a game just out there getting buckets. And now you're asking him to be this role player that just kind of fits in, doesn't have the ball in his hand, is just kind of passing the ball, you knock down a three here and there, and he's just not used to that. Uh, so I, I do think he's the biggest biggest project because I, I think when you look at that draft boards, he wasn't even on the radar. Like, he's not a guy that we talked about. I mean, we talked about probably – 90-some percent of the prospects, and he was not a guy that we covered uh, pre-draft. He just kind of came out of nowhere when the Grizzlies kind of picked him up. Because I don't think – I mean, I even saw some top 75, maybe top 90 boards that, that didn't have him on there. Uh, so he's a project. Uh, but, again, man, he has some things that I think could develop, especially on the defensive end. He's another 
one of those guys that can kind of wreak havoc defensively, kind of has that type of game. Anybody that comes out of BCU, uh, you know, we've seen Bones Holland and kind of they're always these tough kind of players uh, that, that can, can play defense. And so, I mean, I think he's going to be another guy. Down in South Haven, I think he'll have more of that role kind of that he saw at BCU. I think he'll be able to score the basketball. He'll have the ball in his hands. He'll be able to do some things down, down there. But, again, like I said, out of the five guys, I think he's definitely the biggest prospect. But I think you, the time down in South Haven will do him some good. So, hopefully, a couple years down the line, man, he can be a guy that they can bring up. He can do some things for you with the big club. Yeah, for sure. So, final score of the game, in 107-102. The Grizzlies are 1-0 in the preseason. To close out the show, we're going to talk about, I guess, the, the biggest news today is the Steven Adams contract extension. And I, I've got to be honest, man, I am extremely happy with the price that they got him for. Yeah. I, I think, you know, you're looking at, uh, what, $12.6 million, uh, a year? Yeah. And it, it is... You know, I saw some people, oh, you know, he's like an, a dinosaur and this and that. And, you know, there were people hating on the contract. But if you look across the league at the price that some of these players are getting for what Steven Adams brings to this team and how his strengths complement the core of this team, I think it's a I think it's a deal. I'm I'm happy with it for sure. Oh, yeah, man. I think it's it, it, a great deal uh, for this team. And even – Outside of that, I'll go back to that part in a minute. I think if at some point they decided they were going to move him down the line, it's a very tradable contract. Uh, like you said, 12-plus a year. I mean, and that in today's NBA, that's not a lot of money because I think he's extremely important, important to this team, even outside of what you see in a box score. Sets tremendous screens. I mean, really, really good rebounder. And just, as you said, man, just fits perfectly for what this team needs. They I mean, really helps Jai out. They fits really well next to – Jaron Jackson Jr., he's a guy that's willing to kind of take that step back. When when Jaron comes in as center, the five and closing lineups, if, even if Jaron becomes the permanent starting center, he's a guy that I think would willingly come off the bench and not cause a problem. He's just ultimate team guy. I think everybody loves him. Great in the locker room, and I just think this is fantastic. Like, I have no issues with this deal. I saw a lot of people, as you said, on Twitter kind of dogging the deal. Especially there were some national guys scratching their heads and they don't understand what the Grizz is doing here. They felt like he was a bad fit next to Jerry. And I was like, that shows you right there that you don't watch the Grizzlies. If you think he's a bad fit on this team, you haven't watched any Grizzlies basketball. That's all I can say about that. But I'm excited about it, man. I have him here for three more seasons. Uh, I think it's tremendous. And again, man, if they just, if for some reason down the line, they decided they wanted to go a different direction, I think that's a contract that you could easily trade. And again, it's not a super long-term deal. Uh, two more extra years after this one. Uh, so, I mean, I don't have any anything negative to say, man. Glad to have the, the big Kiwi here for three more years. So you look at uh, guys like Clint Capella. Clint Capella is a little bit younger than Steven Adams, but he's making 20-plus million a year. You look at uh, Jonathan Isaacs. Jonathan Isaacs is $18 million a year. He hasn't played a game since the bubble. You know, I mean, you just – I don't know what he's going to get back on the floor there. Yeah, Go ahead. You, you keep scrolling down this list and you look at these these big use of Nurkic just signing a, a contract extension. He's yeah, that was 16, massive. 18, 19 million dollars a year. Yeah, man. <laughs> and and I'm telling you right now, I would prefer to have Steven Adams. Oh, 100%. Nurkic can't stay on the floor either. He's he's had injury issues and and you just keep, you know, you could scroll and keep looking at big men 
and compare it to what Steven Adams is going to make. And it's not like it's the best contract in the league, but at the price that you got him at, it's not a bad contract, not at all. Um, you know, th- there's some guys that you can look at that, okay, well, you know, you look at Robert Williams from Boston, he's making $13 million a year. All right, you want to talk comparatively between the two, like I like what Williams brings to the Celtics, Adams brings the same level. And so I, I'm – I couldn't be happier. I, I didn't know what they were going to do as far as contract extensions. That's something when we were in Grizz media day, there was, you, you get nothing on that. You're never going to get anything on that. It's, oh, uh, we don't, we don't discuss specifics. You know, these guys, we, we see them as, you know, they could possibly be a long-term piece for this team. Yada, yada, yada. Brandon Clark is a guy I expect to see a contract yeah, I think extension that's probably coming pretty soon. Yeah, yeah, that that's going to happen sooner rather than later. Um, Dylan Brooks is the interesting one to me, and you know we we on this show Isaac and I talked about a number of different times the possibility of them moving Dylan in the off season, and now I think depending on price, he may be a guy that you see signed to another extension. It may yeah. not be a, a four or five year deal. It may be a two or three year deal. But I, I think that you see Clark and Brooks extended as well. And then, you know, you, you've got Desmond Bain is going to have to get paid at some point and his contract is probably going to be pretty hefty. Um that they have said that they were not scared to open up the uh the checkbook. It show it seems to be like that's what they're going to do. We're going to find out heading through this season and into next off season if, you know, Pair is going to be willing to pay that luxury tax in order for this team to be in championship contention. And, and I, I have no doubt thoughts that he won't uh, from everything that we've seen from him, pretty much everything he said he's done. Uh, he, he's a guy that I trust. Like a lot of owners say a lot of things and you can't really trust what they say. I think from everything that we've seen, he's shown that he's, willing to spend uh, for, for this team to win. They take care of their own guys. And we saw that, another example of that today with Stephen Adams. Um, I was kind of surprised because I think out of those three guys, I think he was kind of the one that you you weren't sure about the most. Like he could be a guy that they didn't know was he was a long-term piece. Now with Dylan, I've kind of changed my stance. I think I'm with you more now. I think seeing how this offseason went, you let Kyle go, you let uh, move on from D'Anthony Melton. I think he's a guy now that if the price is right, I think they will extend him. Like I said, I don't know if it'll be a super long-term deal, but I think if the price is right, they'll extend him. Now, if he gets out of the open market, man, out of the three guys, I think he he could get some big-time offers. I mean, I think, especially with the cap going up, I think he's a guy that could get $20 million, uh per on the market. I mean, wing guys that can score uh, the way he can at a premium in this league, and people are willing to pay for that. So that's going to be the interesting one. I don't think they get his done for the season start. I do think they get Brandon Clark done. I think Dylan is one that's going to go uh, that they won't get done this summer because I just think he's the one that stands to, to make more money and what he can get on open market. So I think that's going to play out a little bit longer, but I do think we'll see BC get locked up. I think for media day, that was one of my takes from just hearing the kind of what, the way they were talking about that situation. It feels like his deal is coming sooner rather than later. Uh, so I think we'll, we'll see that coming. I'll probably – I was, I was kind of surprised to see the Stephen Adams one come out because I thought probably BC would be the one that we'd see first, but I expect that to be coming down down the line pretty soon. Yeah, and there were some 
B, uh, Brandon Clark made a comment. Uh, it was something along the lines of when I'm signing this and then uh, Doc Holiday hit him up about it. He said, you know, you mentioned when I'm signing this, does that mean we could be seeing this extension come through soon? And then Brandon was kind of fumbling. He's like, you know, <laughs> he, he said no, but he, he's like, you know, I, I yeah. don't know. He's like, I struggle with what I should and shouldn't say. And so I'm just not going to say anything here, but you know, it, it really seemed, you know, Zach Kleiman, Taylor Jenkins, Brandon Clark, they all seem to be on a, on the same page. And I fully expect to see that, uh, that contract extension happening pretty soon. So. Yeah. Especially with the fact I was, was going to say real quick, especially with the fact that seeing you can tell that he wants to be here. I mean, anytime yeah. you okay. have team wants you here, the guy wants to be here. You usually, usually going to get something done. Uh, I don't know what, he would command an open market, but I think I don't think he wants to be anywhere else. Uh, so again, I think that's another reason why I think they're going to get this done. Sorry to me to cut you off there. Oh no, you're you're good, man. Do you have anything else you want to go over before we get out of here? Oh, but I did want to mention uh, the new, I guess, like club area they're going to have in the terrace level at FedEx One. Man, a big addition that they're making. It also has a, a patio where you can go outside and kind of look over the skyline, man. I think that's a, a awesome addition, and then another thing that kind of shows you that they're locked in like people there you still hear sometimes that people it, when it comes to Memphis people even people that live here still kind of have some people still kind of have this opinion of we can't have great things here uh, and, and this team is not going anywhere I believe Robert Perry when he says he wants to keep the team here um, and I heard I don't know I think it might have been Chris Harrington and Jeff Calkins having this conversation on, on the radio uh, earlier this week uh, saying that one thing that lets you know that Paris committed to Memphis is he could move this team somewhere else and probably be more profitable. But the fact that he's doubled down on keeping the team here, he's not maximizing his funds. That lets you know that he wants to be here in Memphis. He wants the team here in Memphis. So I don't think that this team is not going anywhere. And I think just having that addition to the FedEx form, which I think is going to be great. I think they're going to offer standing room only tickets. Um, a lot of stadiums around the country do that. I know a lot of NFL teams do it. I know the Cowboys do it. A lot, a lot of teams do this where you can purchase a ticket. You don't have a seat, but you can just stand in like a, a area where they usually have a bar. You can buy food and drink. And I think they're going to do that same thing here this season because there's a more demand for tickets now. Um, and that adds more capacity to the stadium. Uh, you, you, it's, it's, and I think it's a great idea because you might not have more room for seats, but you can add maybe 1,000, 2,000 more people to your attendance number just by having those standing room only tickets. So I think that's going to be great. I think the patio is going to be great. A lot of other additions. I think Candace went over there kind of for the opening of that. Uh, they're going to have like self-serve drink machines where you don't have to wait in line to get the refill on those free cups. So a lot, a lot of good things going on over there at FedEx Forum. And I thought that was cool. I want to mention that before we jump off here. Yeah. Yeah. I saw there were pictures, you know, Candace posted the picture. Yeah. It looks uh, great. From, from that terror. You know, that, that, that was, man, lo- love the view from there. And those standing, I'm I'm definitely so. It's a Monday. They're playing the Magic at home against uh, our for the preseason game, yeah. and then Friday they're playing the Miami. Heat. I uh, I won't be able to make it down for Monday's game because of work, but Friday I'm going to be there. And so I, you know, I, I'm definitely going to take some time to go around and and see all the new stuff. That's uh, you know, I want to see those standing the standing room only area i want to see you know like the new bars and everything that they put in there i think it's, up, the, I think it's up there by uh, i think it's up there by section 232 201 uh yeah. where they meet i think that's where it's at right there in that end zone yeah so it's it's, it's gonna be man 
John Moran is doing a lot of great things for this team. He, he's going to continue Man, to do great things definitely. for the team, and that's that's going to elevate the city. And, you know, I, I think that you can already see it just from, you know, it, since John Morant got here and the things that he's doing, you could drive around the city and see the things are changing in Memphis. And, you know, I th- there's been talk about all-star games and all kinds of stuff. There's things that Memphis has to do in order for that to happen. And I feel like with John Morant being in town that they're going to be more willing to do that. Yeah, man. One, one weird thing I want to mention, man. What, what's up, man, man? Get y'all, y'all is hungry, man? Man was snacking the whole game over there on the bench. Like, what, what is going on, man? Popcorn, candy. candy I'm like, man, yeah. man, man, munching over there. <laughs> Listen, there's no way that you can hate that. Did you see how happy he was when he got that popcorn, yeah. man? Like, and, I, and I made a joke. I made a joke on Twitter. I remember a few years ago in summer league. I think it was John Jaron were over there snacking, and I think it was Dan yeah. Woken that kind of crazy comment like they need to get a a trainer yeah. or something like that. I'm like, yeah, get <laughs> the out of here. Grizzlies not having yeah, nutritionists. Tra- I think yeah, is what he said. Yeah. yeah, like get out of here. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah man, you ain't gonna a- see it about Giannis, but it is <laughs> no. what it is, man. We appreciate you guys tuning in. We will be back. Isaac, when is the next game? I know they play Monday. Uh, Do they play before that? No, no. Monday is the next game against Orlando. And then... Of course they don't play before yeah. that, man. It's been it's been a long day. I apologize. So Monday gets It's weird, though, man. Milwaukee, Milwaukee actually has a back-to-back. They were showing that on the broadcast tonight, man. Back-to-back in preseason. They're going overseas. I think they play the Hawks twice, and then they come home and play, you know, if it's Brooklyn, I know it's second game, but maybe Chicago and Brooklyn, I think, on a back Yeah, that's what it is. It was Bull, the Bulls and Brooklyn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, with travel. That's crazy in the preseason, but anyways. Yeah. Man, making them work. Then they, they get a big <laughs> – uh, they, they get a long, like an extended day off. Like, I think it was like five or six days off before their next game after they play that back-to-back before the season starts. So, they'll be good. So, you can get the show on Twitter at Ethos Grizzlies. I am at NBA Will 21 Candace is Candace H901. Isaac's going to let you know where you can find him, and he's going to get us out of here. Yeah, man. You can find me at Isaac double underscore NBA. That's I-S-A-A-C underscore underscore NBA. Man, I'm excited about the season, man. Preseason opener, man. Got a big win, man. Hopefully, this is the first of many wins going to the regular season, and hopefully – lead through a parade on bill uh that that's the goal and i think that's going to happen around here sooner than later with this front office and the commitment that they've made and and i think that would be i don't know what could be bigger for the city man and something like that man that would be i don't even i I don't even have words for what that would be like so thanks for everybody for joining us man go ahead and give us a like and a follow we definitely appreciate that uh but until next time we go